Wayne, uh, last week we spoke to Chris Mitsopoulos, who was inducted as a life member of the Perth Football Club, and most people said, well, what's taken so long? The same could be said of Tony McHale and his deeds at the East Mountain Football Club. A premiership player in 1974 and a premiership coach. 24 years later, in 1998, the point of speaking, he is the most recent East Mantle Premiership coach. I reckon he'd be happy to hand that mantle over to Bill Monaghan in 2023, 25 years on from that triumph. But Tony McHale, a legend of WA footy and part of our commentary team here on Sport FM, good enough to join us to reflect on the honour of uh, being made a life member and the year of WA footy more broadly. Tony, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks for the kind words, mate. Good morning to you and our listeners. And uh, how's my two favourite colleagues going? Oh, we miss you. We do miss you here in the studio. It feels like the footy season was a little while ago now, and that's because it was. It finished uh, in early October for the Waffle and late September for the AFL. But, Tony, you've been involved in footy for so long in many different roles. You're now a life member of the WAFL and, indeed, the East Amount Football Club. What did this honour mean to you at the AGM last week? Oh, to be quite frank, Jacob, it, it, it was just simply overwhelming. You know, it, it, it's amazing, like, everybody can use those those terms, um, but when it actually happened, uh, it was just, just amazing. It, I don't know, it, it's, been a, it's been a difficult thing. Um, it's not, not difficult, but, you know, people constantly ask you to separate between the successes you may have had and, you know, these honours that are bestowed on you. But this one's a little different, you know. Like, it just seems it's very difficult to explain. It's proud, it's humbling, all of those sorts of things. You know, I think back and reflect on it, and who would have thought as a young bloke who'd been discarded at at South Fremantle Footy Club, (laughs) um, you know, back in the day, and and all my passion ever was as a youngster because I only lived three streets from Fremantle Oval, and virtually lived on it as a kid and all I ever wanted to do was play at South and then got a, a, a you know a wonderful opportunity to go to East Fremantle in you know I think it was 73 from memory to think now I'd be standing here today to say that I've become a life member it's um as I say it you know it's humbling and I think I think that I think the thing is that you reflect back on on life membership is that um you know people people it's not. It's not about what you what you've achieved. It's it, it's more about the successes that you've achieved. It's more about to me. It, it probably means that little bit more because it's more based around the service and about people that you've been involved with and you know the clubs that you've you've, you've been involved in and and you know and particularly people that you've probably along the way assisted and even and even you know, supporters and members and the friendships that you establish and, you know, just maybe I was fortunate enough to be able to, maybe without teams, to, to, to put a smile on a lot of people's faces at different times. And they're all the things that mean to you as life memberships where it's a little different when, you, when you've coached and I've been fortunate enough, to obviously, to win, win a premiership. Tony, in, in that early day when you went from south to east from Adelaide, was it that the time of the era that where if you went... You know, the, the competition between East Fremantle and South Fremantle was, you know, oh, Jesus, you don't go to the opposition. For you going to South Fremantle, were you under any pressure when you played against uh, South? Oh, it was bloody tough, Wayne. You know, it really was. And, you know, it was unheard of. It was still unheard of. I can remember going back a few years prior, you know, Ray, Ray Sol leaving, leaving East Fremantle and, and, you know, going over 
over to, to, to South Fremantle and eventually coaching him and how difficult and you know the publicity that that attracted obviously my situation didn't didn't gather that sort of momentum but it was really really tough and and look the irony of it all Wayne is that it's you know it can be a long story but I was probably fortunate enough to get there ironically the coach that gave me the flick at South Fremantle was my brother-in-law John Todd and you know he virtually <laughs> told me that you yeah, as long as my backside pointed to the ground, I wasn't going to get an opportunity. And I stayed and tried to prove him wrong and so on. And I had a bit of success in the reserves teams and um, um, but still didn't get an opportunity. And then, ironically, he goes to South Perth after he left South Fremantle and um, invited me up there because, you know, he just said, you're not going to get the opportunity. I went up there and I was fortunate enough to, to, to have a couple of successful seasons as a player um, at South Perth at that particular time. I think I won an association medal and I can remember getting the phone call from him and I was hoping and wishing and praying that I was going to get that opportunity when he got appointed at East Fremantle and I can remember him saying to me over the phone, look, you, you, you can come up to, you can come over to East Fremantle and do the pre-season with us, he said, but I can assure you I won't be doing you any favours. <laughs> and that certainly happened. And I remember the stories that come out now, Wayne, um, that uh, when I was training, and, you know, because I'd come from from, from South Fremantle, that, that, that Toddy used to set Clinton Farmer up and the Dobson brothers and all those sorts of things that in those days we did a lot of competitive work with training. And, um, yeah, they made it pretty difficult. They made it pretty tough. And... Um, it took a, you know, even although I found pretty good form, I can recall in the reserves, it took a long time uh, for me to get an opportunity at league level. And, um, yeah, so it was, and, and look, you wouldn't want it any other way. Um, it was uh, it was fantastic. And, you know, along the way, I established, gee, you know, it was just great to go back to the club. And you know what it's like. You two boys know what it's like. You've been involved in clubs, is it? Just looking out and seeing the friendships that you made and the stalwarts that are at the footy club and all of those sorts of things, and then to think that you know you you, you not once for one minute I put myself in their in their uh, in their reign, but you know you you think that gee I'm I'm a life member and I'm on a list with Jack Sheedy and Ray Sol and Jack Clark and the Regans. And, all of those sorts of people at the club, it's just a, it's just a great honour and it's a really proud moment. Hey, Tony, I often hear you reflecting on your coaching premierships, uh, 98 at East Mantle, 2000, 2001, 2002 at East Perth, but what about the premiership as a player in 1974 at, at East Mantle? At, at that point, East Mantle won premierships for fun. Uh, what was that premiership like to play in in 1974 after what you'd been through, the disappointment at South's time at South Perth and then at East Mantle? Uh, I was... It, it was unbelievable, Jacob, you know, like when you think that, you know, where I'd come from and, you know, what I'd been told and so on. And even although I'd been told that, I never believed that I always had the passion that, you know, and the belief that I was good enough. And um, luckily enough, you know, I went through and as I mentioned to you earlier, I had a hard road establishing myself for getting that opportunity to play. In seventy in seventy four, and you know we had a we had an outstanding team um, that in that particular year, in particular, and you know some of the likes and 
Graham Melrose was our captain, <clears throat> won the Sandover medal. David Hollands won a Sandover. Then, not to forget Brian Peake, you know, Doug Green, Tony Bahaja, you know, Nick Jez all went on and played AFL football. Um, it was a great, great thrill um, <clears throat> to be able to do that. And, you know, it was never in my wildest dreams to think that, you know, all I wanted to do was get into a league team and establish myself, but um, then to have the bonus to go on and, and win a premiership and then obviously later on in time um, get an opportunity to, to go back to the club and, and coach um, is just a, you know, just a great memory. And, you know, I, I, I look back in the 90s, uh, I recall when we, when I went into coaching, I was, I was pretty fortunate, you know, that we had a we had an unbelievable club and depth in the club at that particular time. And you know, I've always been a great believer that the players make coaches. And um, you know, when you think about, it, I was fortunate enough to probably again coach a couple of back-to-back premierships in the reserves, and that was through the depth and the development of the footy club. It was really, really well run by. Len Hitchin and his board at that particular time. He had the likes of people like Lenny Anderson, a former champion in the Waffle, and Oscar Howard, another one, Matty Gill and Steve Waller and the like. And we had a great board, great president. And it was just a joy to be involved in the footy club. And, you know, as I say, I was lucky to go back-to-back in the reserves in 93, 94, because Kenny Judge got appointed um, coach at an assistant coach at at um, Carlton at that particular time under Dave Parker. And uh, he recommended that I'd taken over. And uh, it was a long apprenticeship, boys. I did 13 years. So I remember I started my coaching under John Todd again. He gave me an opportunity at Swan Districts in their halcyon days in the early 80s. And I coached the Colts up there. And they didn't have a very good zone at that particular time, Wayne. And... uh, it was a great baptism to my coaching because I reckon I coached for about four years in the Colts and I reckon we probably won four games through that era. We got belted by around about an average of between 20 and 30 goals every week and I tell you, that was a really, really difficult baptism to coaching. Um, it was a great grounding. I was fortunate to have a great mentor in Toddy uh, that, that helped me along the way and you know, they're all the things that you're grateful for is that I was, again, fortunate East Fremantle that Len Hitchin established a great uh, relationship with Alan Jeans. And, you know, he was a strong mentor for me uh, during during my time at the football club. But, yeah, and look, we had some wonderful players in that era. Jo- Jacob, as you probably would well know, and, you know, Stevie Vilsic, who recommended me for life membership. And ironically now... I'm uh, working and mentoring his son in the Stephen Michael Foundation. Yeah, yeah, young Max. So it's amazing how the how the wheel turns. But yeah, we had some great players going way back then. And you know, players even in that reserves year in those couple of years where we had success, we had players like coming through the ranks: Chick, Daniel Chick, Sean McManus, Craig Burrows, Craig Trelevin, Justin Sanders, Marshall Stockton, Neil Lester Smith played. Ian Newman, Johnny Stagg, you know, they were just some of the players that were, they were playing reserves at that particular time. So it gives you a little bit of an insight into the depth that we had. And then, of course, we had a little bit, we had some heartbreak on the way. It wasn't all smooth sailing. In 97, who would ever forget? And that was our centenary year. And deep down behind the scenes, um, 
I really tried, you know, as we all did in the football club, so, so hard because um, no one had ever won a premiership in their centenary year. And when you think about that game, we we, uh, almost had it parceled up halfway through the last quarter and unfortunately got beaten. But um, that, without a doubt, for mine, was the catalyst in us winning the premiership in, in 98. And, you know, again, 98... Again, Jacob players, you know, Bilsic captain, Damien Condom, what a big game player. Adrian Bromwich won the sand over Marty Melody, Matty Rosa, the two Spalding brothers, and again, Marshall Stockton, those type of players, and the mercurial Gary Durko, who unfortunately we've, uh, we've lost um, since then. But, yeah, that was was just a great team and, and, and a great era, but... Yeah, you, you know, you think back of all the people that you were associated with, and I think you'd be familiar with them, Jacob. You know, with a, with, a, with a number of the supporters um, that have been around the club and the stalwarts, and um, you know, and one of one of the things that you know just does your heart so good. You look at a, a guy like Nick Jez, who was a superstar player, absolute superstar player really probably didn't reach his full potential and would have been a superstar in the AFL should he remain there. But, you know, now you drive along and you drive up to the gates of the Wacker to get in and stand on the gate, you know, help me out. That's the type of people that the footy club have got and, you know, the well-wishes and the people that have come back to me since, you know, getting life membership's been simply unbelievable and just, uh, yeah, just... just just makes your heart feel so good, you know, to be involved in, um, you know, an organisation and a club like that. And I've been fortunate. All the clubs that I've been involved with, East Perth and Swan Districts and South Fremantle, have all been, have all been the same once you get, get inside there and establish them and been lucky enough. And that's been the very reason, I reckon, why most of those clubs have been successful. Does anything stand out overall? What's the absolute highlight? of that, either playing or coaching at East Mantle? Oh, pretty simple answer, again, and it's a big stock stand and might sound boring. It's 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 the people. You know, I, I, a club, any club or organisation's greatest asset, Wayne, is their people. Simple as that for mine. And, you know, I just, as I mentioned earlier, I've been very, very fortunate that all of the clubs that I've been involved in have got very, very good to outstanding people. And that, that goes from, you know, the, the administrators, the supporters, and in particular the players, because, yeah, I wouldn't be standing here today without their feet. So there's no doubt that's the, that's the standout to it all, Wayne. And as you well know, you know, we wouldn't have had the successes that we've had if it wasn't for the players doing what they do. Tony, in, in closing, how, how much longer do you think you're going to have the title as East Mantle's most recent premiership coach? One year. Uh, I put poor old Bill under pressure oh. in my speech up at the club. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, I've put him under pressure and said that, you know, I think that they're the team to beat this year and certainly hope they are. Um, they seem to have recruited very well, but I see now they've lost young Jed Hagen, who I would have thought would have been a very, very important player for them uh, this year. So you know they've had some they've had some hiccups along the way, but I think the very thing that got them. I, I love the brand of footy that they played this year. It was exciting. I love seeing them play on the Wacker 
I think Bill's done an outstanding job in turning that around. It's attractive footy to watch, and unfortunately, I think they just got caught out in, in uh, losing young Tickle halfway through the year to the draft, and then they lost Leggett not long after that. So, and you know, O'Reilly had been injured all year. To me, they they just looked like they were a, a tall or two short, and they also looked like they just needed a little bit more depth in the midfield. They appear to have addressed that, so hopefully, uh, look, they're not easy with, easy to win. They're, they're, they're really hard. And the great thing about the competition this year, Jacob, as you know probably better than me right at the moment, is that there seems to have been a lot of recruiting going on. The top side seem to have done extremely well. I think it's going to be a really high-quality competition. Um, no doubt Perth will improve under Peter German. Um and, you know, East Perth have recruited reasonably well in picking up Crowden and so. So I think it's going to be a really tight, tough competition. So it won't be easy for them. But, you know, the signs were really good. And most importantly, what I got out of the night on Thursday night, there was a really good vibe in the room. So uh, that was a good sign. Tony, it's a fitting honour. Um, one I thought you probably would have already had, in all honesty, but now one that's truly befitting of your time at the East Mountain Football Club, and I hope your uh, your prognostications for 2023 are correct. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and to family, and look forward to uh, linking up again in 2023 for another big year of WA footy. Yeah, the same to you, Jacob and, and Wayne. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you this year, and obviously to the support from our sponsors and all of our listeners and I'm going, to, I'm going to be a pain in the backside. I'm going to give you one parting thought. Is it a you two guys going to concede after watching the World Cup soccer that any drawn AFL waffle game oh, no. should be decided on penalty shootouts? I'm going to leave you with that. Oh. Have a good Christmas, boys. Gee. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Always a thought-provoking man is Tony McHale, and he's just dropped us in it right at the very end. Tony McHale, a life member of the East Mountain Football Club, a fitting honour, a premiership player in 1974, and a premiership coach in 1998.